football fans, welcome to another episode of the Women's Soccer Football Podcast. My name is Bryce, and welcome back to another show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're hearing and seeing, you want to listen to this on audio, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts in general. We're also on TikTok and Instagram if you're into that kind of thing. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. I'd start off this episode by kind of going into the UEFA Champions League. As you guys know, the quarterfinal second leg is almost done. There's one more match that's got to take place, and that's going to be Olympic Leonese and PSG, which is going to happen on Sunday, April 18th. So keep your eyes open for that one. Olympic Leonese is up 1-0 on aggregate. I think PSG is going to end up scoring two goals in that game in advance to the semis. Hot take. But all the other matches for the quarterfinals have come and gone. How did those shape out? Chelsea won on aggregate by scoreline of 5-1. to in the second leg against Wolfsburg, Perniel Harder, Sam Kerr, and Fran Kirby all managed to score to take the second leg by a scoreline of 3-0. So Chelsea win the second leg pretty convincingly and also jump into the semis where they will take on Bayern Munich. That's right, Bayern Munich bested Rosengard by a scoreline of 1-0 in the second leg, meaning that Bayern won the quarterfinals on aggregate by a scoreline of 4-0. Who all scored for Bayern in this second leg? Schuller scored in the 22nd minute, and that's all that the game wrote. So pretty quiet game overall. So now Bayern will face Chelsea in the final, semifinals, excuse me. Then in the third and final match, there was Man City and Barcelona. Manchester City ended up keeping this kind of close. They won the second leg by scoreline of 2-1. to one. Unfortunately for them, Barcelona was too much for them in the first round, so Barcelona wins on aggregate by a scoreline of 4-2. to two. So Barcelona will advance to the semis and will play the winner of Olympic Leonese and PSG. So my hot take is ruined. My hot take was that Manchester City was going to win the Champions League, but hey, Barcelona's been having a great season, so full credit to them for that one. Who do I think is going to end up getting in the final? I think we're going to end up seeing a Chelsea-Barcelona final. By the time all is said and done, that would be a really sweet final. Who do I think would win that one? I'm going to give it to Chelsea just based on finals experience. Chelsea tends to do really well in the Champions League, and I don't expect that to change anytime soon. So I want to know what you guys think. Who do you think is going to make it to the semis? Just strip, who do you think is going to beat, um, or who's going to win the PSG Olympic Leonese game on Sunday? Comment below and let me know. So I figured this would be a good time to kind of transition over to the FAWSL because we actually had some big news come up yesterday, which was uh, Joe Montemaro is going to be leaving Arsenal Women's Football Club at the end of the season, which came to me and I think to many as a pretty big shock. I mean, he's been managing the club since 2017, so maybe the club was due for a change. And they've been performing pretty well as of late, and they're in a pretty good spot to get to the Champions League next season. So. From the outside looking in, maybe it was a little surprising. However, I think if you look at it from... If you ask the average Arsenal fan, I think they'll tell you that they're pretty happy that Joe Montemurro's leading, leaving. Leading up to uh, the announcement and the uh, way that Bar- Arsenal has been... Did I say Arcelona? That's funny. Leading up to Arsenal's current form, so before they started winning like every single game, and up to Joe Montemurro's announcement... They hadn't been playing very well for a long time, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans were calling for his head, and I think rightfully so. I don't think he has gotten the best out of his players for a while now, especially this season, 
then again, like I said, it's really hard for me to say that because Arsenal have taken top three every year since 2015, and that even stretches before Joe's time at Arsenal. So it gets to be kind of a tricky thing to think about. However, I will say that as of late, Arsenal, the players' morale seemed down. And when player morale gets down and the club starts to not perform well and the coach just can't get the best out of them, I think those are all signs that management's got to change up something. So for Joe to be leaving the club, I think he kind of felt the same way that a lot of Arsenal fans did. And he said, all right, it's time for me to go. I want to be clear about this because Joe Montemarro wasn't fired from Arsenal. I believe he's just stepping down. So Arsenal didn't, the board didn't say, Joe, you're out of here. You're gone. No, he voluntarily stepped down from the interview that he gave. It was like a 30 second clip. I think I saw Uh, He cited family as being, I think, one of the main reasons. I believe he said he's got a son in Australia. He's got uh, his wife elsewhere. So I think it's part of his way of just handling family matters, which, hey, good on him. I mean, it sucks to be leaving such a great dynasty like Arsenal has, but if it's for his own best interest and the best interest of the club, I'd say it's a win-win for everybody all around this move. And now it gives Arsenal a chance to bring in just a fresh mind into their club as well. I don't know who is going to be lined up to replace Joe Montemurro. I'm sure there are candidates that a lot of Arsenal fans might have on their mind. I myself am not an Arsenal fan, so I can't tell you off the top of my head. But it should be uh, pretty interesting kind of going forward what Arsenal is going to do and how they're going to perform as well. I don't know if the players are going to... I don't know if the players liked or disliked or favored Joe Montemurro in the locker room, but... It, if they didn't, I'm sure they'll probably play a little bit better. They might even have a spring in their step because it's like, woohoo, he's gone. I've seen that happen in clubs like Manchester United on the men's side with Jose Mourinho. When Jose Mourinho left and Ali Gunnar Solskjaer took over, they started playing out of their minds and they played really, really well like the rest of the season. So who knows? That's pure speculation, but only time will tell. I think the more interesting implication here is the implications for players that were rumored to be maybe exiting Arsenal when the contracts are up, such as Leah Williamson, Vivian Miedema. By Jerome Montemurro leaving and Arsenal having a really good chance to qualify for the Champions League, I think increases the chances that Leah Williamson and Vivian Miedema will re-sign uh, contracts with the club, unless they're looking for new challenges, which, hey, footballers are very well on their right to do. Look at Abby Dahlkemper with the North Carolina Courage going over to Manchester City. She wanted a change. She made it, and she's a better player for it, and so is Manchester City a better team. So um, then again, I, I've i never heard Leah Williamson or Vivian Minema ever utter the phrase, I want to leave Arsenal. So if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm actually kind of encouraged by Joe's uh, stepping down because, one, a brand-new mind into uh, the locker room, two, if the players didn't favor Joe Montemurro, like I suspect that they didn't, this gives them more of a reason to re-sign for an extended contract. But like I said, that's with the assumption that they didn't like Joe. If they like Joe, that really, really sucks for them because then they lose that link up. But um, I guess we'll have to see. I think that with how well they've all been doing, the sky's the limit. So who knows what could happen for next season. But Ladies and gentlemen, I want to know what you make of Joe Montemurro stepping down from Arsenal. Are you excited for a new manager to come into the fold? Do you think Leah and Vivian and others will re-sign their contracts or extend them with Arsenal? Do you think they'll even make the Champions League this season? Whatever you think, feel free to comment below and let me know. But 
let's get into the next uh, big thing going on in the world. All right, so let's get into another match week preview for the FAWSL. We're heading into April now, so not too many more matches for the remainder of the season, which is really where the season went by really fast. It's been one of the better seasons, I will say, though. Like It seems as though the entire table is close. There are quite a few Champions League contenders. There are quite a few relegation contenders. Even the mid-table is pretty tight, so I'd say this has been a really good season overall. But without further ado, what are the matches going on this weekend? Unfortunately, unlike last weekend, a lot of the matches are going to be stacking on top of each other, and they're all pretty much going down on Sunday. There is one match which will kick off the match week, which is going to be Saturday morning. It's going to be Reading and West Ham United. This is going to be an implication of the relegation battle because West Ham are currently in the relegation spot, so that's something to sort of keep in mind. I don't see a reason for West Ham to really win this one, especially after the gutting loss they just had a couple weeks ago and the week before that. So I've got Reading ending up beating West Ham in this one, and considering the performance that Reading put out last week against Manchester City, where they held on pretty much until the 87th minute, I'd say Reading are on the upswing, and they'll best West Ham by scoreline of 2 to West Ham's nil. So then, now every other game for the entire match week is on Sunday, three of which take place at the same time, and the other two take place within, or start within a half hour of each other. So to kick off that day, we've got Chelsea and Birmingham City. Birmingham City haven't been performing very well as of late. They're in the bottom four of the league as of right now. On the flip side of the coin, Chelsea have obviously been performing great. They're still number one in the table. So I've got Chelsea winning this one pretty easily by a scoreline of four to Birmingham City's nil. Moving on to Everton and Aston Villa. I've got Everton ending up winning this one. Everton blew me away last week by winning 5-0 against uh, Brighton, which I think was the most surprising result of the week, or I should say the second most surprising result of last week's play. So that was super, super interesting, and I expect they'll have more surprises to pull out of their uh, sleeve, especially against Aston Villa, who is bottom three in the league right now. So I've got Everton winning this one by scoreline of three to Aston Villa's nil. Moving on to Brighton, Havalbion, and Manchester United. After Brighton just got destroyed last weekend by Everton, I think the morale is going to be on the lower side of things. And they just came off of a really good run of form, so maybe they're a little gassed. On the flip side of that coin, Manchester United are coming off a really big win against West Ham. And Manchester United, they tend to perform well against teams that are below them in the table. They won't win this one by much, but I think um, Manchester United will win nonetheless. So I've got United winning this one 2-0. Then moving on to the last two matches of this match week, we've got Bristol City and Arsenal. I, part of me is rooting for Bristol City in this one because Bristol City just keep climbing out of relegation, and who doesn't love an underdog? And Bristol City have fit that description. Uh, after sitting in the bottom uh, relegation spot, I believe, for like four months in a row. <laughs> for It was a long time, for however long it was, but I think Arsenal have just been re- way too good as of late, so I think Arsenal end up winning this one by scoreline of three to Bristol City's one. I think Bristol City would get a goal in there. They've been managing to do that lately. Then moving on to the last match of the week, it's going to be Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester City. Uh, Manchester City, they have been slipping a little bit, but they've still been finding a way to win, and I think that Tottenham isn't going to be one of their stronger opponents. So I think Manchester City is going to win this one by scoreline of four to nil. And then... Just to squeeze in another game, this is going to be a makeup game, actually, which is not going to take place until Tuesday, April 20th. So it's going to be a West Ham United 
Aston Villa relegation extravaganza. This match is going to be huge as an understatement because I think these two teams are my favorites to be relegated at this point. So it could very well be whoever wins this one is not going to get relegated and the other will. If I had to pick between West Ham and Aston Villa, who's going to win? Basically, I should flip a coin. Considering how West Ham performed against United in the first half, they performed well, and Aston Villa just got steamrolled by Chelsea. I'll pick West Ham to win this one, 1-0. So it's going to be a really interesting match nonetheless. But ladies and gentlemen, with all of my predictions for the next match week, up and down and out of the way, I want to know what your scoreline predictions are. Feel free to let me know down in the comments below. So with that, we've made it through another episode. From the bottom of my heart, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to another episode this week. I greatly appreciate your time, and I hope you have as much fun as I do. I hope to see you in the next episode, and until then, have a great day.